Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pod Tiki's Christmas episode. Very special Christmas episode. It's a very special after school special Christmas episode. And as you can tell, this is not going to be a regular episode because there is no uh, drink per se this week. Um, we're doing a little something different this week, uh, this month. We are going to, uh, well, you know, it's the holiday season. And everybody's got lots of Christmas traditions, and every family has their own traditions. I mean, for me, you know, I like to go all out on the decorations, and then Christmas Eve is when my family does the big party, Christmas vacation, lots of food and eggnog. And um, so I thought it'd be a fun little uh, little trek this this month to take a little bit of a of an adventure through the rum producing nations and see what their tropical christmas traditions are uh we're gonna hit all of my favorites um as we go down the line but we are not alone this month my dear listeners we are joined by you know it's become sort of a christmas tradition if you listen to the very first episode of, of Patiki christmas where we covered the george washington eggnog we uh we had you heard the, the voice of the lovely guest we have on tonight. I talk about her a lot on the Instagram because we do. I drag her along to all my Tiki adventures. So once again, uh, on her making her yearly visit to the podcast, Mrs. Pod Tiki, my very lovely and talented wife, Faith Kelly. Hello. Hello, Faith. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. We're filling in the Christmas spirit today because we, I mean, you spent all afternoon wrapping presents. Um, I sure did. We're actually drinking some nog right now. Um, this is ever since the first year I made it, we've kind of gotten to the tradition of me making the George Washington eggnog every year, and I tweak it a little bit every year as far as the rums. But uh, I, I think that we've kind of settled on a recipe. I think last year's was the best, although this is not bad. It's always delicious. You know the uh, the thing that. Is at the very and, and in fact, if you guys want to hear all about George Washington's eggnog, you can go back to the recipe index on potiki.com and that will uh, bring you back there. We get the whole story behind that. Uh, we do a little fun little back and forth play thing that we wrote back then. But the recipe uh, does call at the end in George Washington's own handwriting to taste frequently over the course of three days. And uh, I think we've been doing that because, and it changes. It definitely, if you're into like the evolution of a cocktail, like taste it when you first make it and then taste it three days later. And it really does kind of like thicken up and mild out and become more like a real eggnog. But it's so much better than store bought stuff. It doesn't, if you think you don't like eggnog, try making homemade because you will be so surprised how it doesn't taste like regular eggnog. Am I right, babe? Because you never liked eggnog before. Correct. I didn't like that overly, like eggy. Mm -hmm. um, not just not just the texture, but like the in pungence. taste, it's very like frothy. There's a little bit of a tang in there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's almost like a. Um, it's like it ferments too much. Yeah, it, it's almost like it's it's too much of a fake egg flavor, almost like. Well, I think the egg is really in there. I just think it's been in there for so long that it kind of changed to another type of flavor well when you have to I mean, add in think all about shipping and how yeah, long it takes to get right. to you that's not even taking into account when they made it 
So for those unaware of the George Washington eggnog, it is a mixture of rye whiskey, Jamaican rum, brandy, and sherry. And uh, I got George Washington uh, was definitely a booze hound. I mean, the <laughs> one of the things that you learn if you learn about rum at all, if um, if you actually care about the history and you're not just a drinker, then you you know that the American Revolution was uh, uh, fueled for lack of a better term, uh, by the rums of, of the taverns of the day. And rum was the actual true American drink before whiskey even came about. Uh, I, I was just reading up on this again for next month's episode. I was revisiting um, the Wayne Curtis book and a bottle of rum, which was uh, a history of the New World in 10 cocktails. And that's a great book because it... it has pirates in it. It doesn't. It has a little bit of pirates in it. Henry Morgan, actually, which has nothing to do with the Captain Morgan rum that you think of. Hmm. But, uh, but I will um, always, every time I go to the to a bar that has that statue, we'll take a picture with it because it's still kind of kind of funny. But you're, he's totally manspreading in the in every stance he's in. He sure is. <laughs> he would be canceled today. He would totally be canceled, but if it wasn't for that sweet mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the uh, you know whiskey didn't become the American spirit until uh, there was a surplus of grain, and uh, the the, um, the it was big it was big grain it was big grain that uh, had it wanted to. Uh, I guess big grain was like big pharma back then. It was. It was big grain that was pushing bourbon because they needed some way to sell this extra grain and they have distilleries and uh, really the only rum that caught on was like a little bit in Louisiana and a little bit in New England but uh, rum kind of got pushed to the side because you know big grain came in but anyway. <laughs> like the way you say it big grain. Big grain. That's like a, it's, it's it's my rap name really actually. That's my <laughs> that's my rum name, my rum rap name. You're drawing it out I'm there. Big grain. <laughs> so, let's get to it, guys. I picked some of my favorite rum producing nations to find out some cool, interesting Christmas facts about them. Baby, you ready? I am. All right, we're gonna start with actually a place we haven't been yet, but it's on the list. We're starting out with Barbados. I can't handle it now. There are some uh, now. A, a lot of these Christmas traditions are basic Caribbean traditions that kind of span um, over everybody. Like one of them is the recipe for the great cake or the black cake or what we might come to as like a, a a rum fruit cake sort of. It's a um, and I'm getting some of this information from a uh, let me see RealtorsLuxuryEstateSales.com. I don't know what this has to do with, but I want to give props where props to do so I don't get sued later. But the um, the great cake or the black cake is like a Christmas, a, a Caribbean Christmas fruit cake, and it's um, it's kind of like a uh, you you soak cherries, raisins, and prunes and some other like dried dark fruits in uh in in rum, and then you uh, you bake them into the cake. And it's funny that they use those kind of flavors because a lot of times when you think of coffee or rum or tobacco that's going in the Caribbean, you think uh, a lot of people re- um. Uh, relate those flavors, those tasting notes to, you know, dried fruit like raisin or plum or grape or something like that. And it's, uh, so it's interesting that they use those in the cake. And I am actually a fan of fruitcake. Everybody hates on it. But, baby, thoughts? 
So the rum is in the fruit. It's not in the cake. They soak. It's apparently not like they in the bat. Like, it's not a batter thing because I really thought that rum cake was just rum cake. You know, like I didn't know it was like rum fruit cake. See, I think this is different. Or is there two separate? I think this is different. Is there rum cake and then rum fruit cake? Apparently, for the for the black cake, <clears throat> they soak the the fruit in rum for about a week. So think almost like how they do the strawberries in the moonshine. Like how they soak mm-hmm. the sho- soaks fruit or the peaches in the moonshine. So separate thing, rum cake and rum fruit cake, totally different. Now, because I'm thinking rum cake is like you know where you put it in with the batter, mm-hmm. whereas rum fruit cake says, okay, we're just you know fermenting or we're just soaking some fruit in the rum, and then that just happens to go in. Yeah, the mix. You I, know. But now look, I am not. A- whereas the cake is just cake. But the rum is in the fruit. Mm-hmm. And the groove is in the heart. <laughs> yep. So another thing they have, which much like, you know, we have eggnog, and then there's always the, the coquito from Puerto Rico. Especially growing up in Florida, I drank a lot of coquito. And it seems like every island has their own thing. But Barbados has what they call a punch of cream, which is like a, a eggnog s- sort of drink. Um... That is, it actually has a uh, a song that goes with it, a famous uh, reggae song that's a punch of cream. But what punch of cream is is a uh, a sorrel with a with cinnamon and and oh hold on, I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Punch of cream, nope, punch of cream. I'm sorrel. That's a separate thing. Uh, so you use a a dark Barbados rum, which I'm guessing uh, like an aged. Uh, like an RL seal or something like that. Um, eggs, condensed milk, e- condensed milk, Angostura bitters, nutmeg, lime juice, and vanilla essence. So the the ed- the addition of the lime juice and the Angostura make it almost more like a cocktail than an eggnog, as a, as opposed mm-hmm. to coquito, which uses all like condensed milk to kind of feign the existence of thickness. It's more like a dessert. Yeah. Um, I did just look up a rum cake recipe. It looks like you add dark rum to the batter of a rum cake. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. That's just plain old rum cake. Now, rum fruit cake is what you said, where okay. you are soaking the fruit in the rum. Okay, yeah, so they're and two then separate using things. it in the batter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So another thing that's popular throughout the Caribbean that I found across all these islands was that... You know how we have spring cleaning here in the states, at which which I think this is actually makes more sense in the Caribbean or the the you know the Afro Caribbean islands and Spanish islands. They take Christmas time as the time to do their deep cleaning, and I'm talking like not just spring cleaning, not just you're not just sweeping up for company. Like this is when they redecorate their house. This is when they like close like throw away all the stuff in Barbados. In Barbados and across across the Caribbean, I've seen this a lot. I've seen it in Cuba, it's Jamaica. Good thing it's warm there, because I think that's got to be it, right? Because you, it's warm enough to where you can do that. Your spring cleaning at the you first of the do, year. The reason why you do spring cleaning is because everything's been shut up for the winter. Mm-hmm. I know that because I'm from the north. Of course, it makes more sense though, right? To do to cl- at the, you take the first of the year as like you know the beginning of the new year to get rid of all the shit. It does not make sense if you're in the north. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. So the last thing that I want to cover <laughs> from Barbados. You'd be so cold. 
Oh, spring cleaning in the middle of, of winter. Middle of winter. Well, you can, I, I've seen the pictures of where. Imagine you, somebody where dragging out the their, their oriental rug, to like shake out the dirt and that kind of stuff in the middle of winter. It just shake it out into the snow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it would work. Well, even here in Tennessee, like, with, with, with in the fall, you really can't do any kind of cleaning because you have to uh, sweep and vacuum your your floor pretty much every two days because everything every leaf and seed from outside makes it into the house the fall yeah so the last sure. thing from barbados was i thought was pretty cool so they do something um they go to they go to a place called queen's park on christmas day and it's not just um here in queen's park i think it actually uh can be any part of the island but um what they do is all the men dress up in like these fine dapper suits and uh i know the people listening won't be able to hear won't be able to see but there's a little picture here for you to see what i'm talking about babe How oh, all yeah. the men dress up in like these fine like Those look like some fly suits yeah they like really like nice like boat almost like barbershop quartet but like more soulful like sort of mm-hmm. like dressed up you know um and they and some of them that have matching outfits. That looks like a good outfits. Sunday dress to me. And you know what I mean? Like, ladies all wear ball gowns, and the men wear tuxedos. Hmm. And um, tuxedos? I didn't see any tuxedos in that photo. Well, yeah, you can see it with bow ties, things like that. I just um, saw good suits. Some of them colored suits. A lot of them have bow ties. Um, yeah, a, a lot of people will celebrate their African roots by using like African patterns on there. I think and, that's uh, wonderful. This tradition actually became so popular that it's aired on TV, and there's like a best dressed award, and Ooh, nice. the newspapers feature it. Um, and what they do is they get all dressed up, and they go out there and they sing carols, and it's like a thing to go out That's there and get like amazing. dressed up in like your 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 Sunday best. Now wait a minute. So is it like a caroling group, or is it just regular people caroling? No, it's just regular people caroling. And I got to tell I, you, that's a hit or a miss, you know. Well, hold on. Sometimes no, hold on. Hold on. Really hold on. Hold on. Sometimes. No, hmm. the people that are okay. So the people that are, uh, I'm reading further now. The people that I'm thinking go, it's televised. No, yeah. the people that are going are all dressed up and everything like that. So is everybody else. But they're spectators. The um, there's all kinds of live entertainment. But the carols are actually done by the Barbados Police Band. Mm-hmm. And nice. I, as far so as is that like like the army band? I guess you know, so. but it's like the police band, right? It's like they all went to the academy together they're all like part of a thing mm-hmm. um because i don't know if you know this but like military bands are amazing oh yeah they're really great so well, i bet that's really good about their practicing that's what i'm saying regimented i mean most of it is just you know getting that practice in but um unfortunately the um uh, it's still just uh it it's still just hit or miss because the Actually, Bar- the Barbados Police Department is just—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's actually just dolphins with with police hats on and, <laughs> and little tiny um, mirror mirror aviators. So, all right, we are going to move on to Jamaica, which a place that I actually have been, and uh, pretty magical place. I love it. I loved it when I went. Can't wait to go again. Um, let me move. Let me see what's on my list here. Okay, so the biggest thing, I think, and I had some of this when I was there, even though I went in September, so it wasn't really Christmas, but it was kind of getting to be fall, and I had um, sorrel, and sorrel is a. Uh, let me see if I can find my notes here. Do 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 do. Sorrel is probably the 
most popular holiday drink. Um, it's kind of like a... Uh, it, well, it's made from the sorrel plant, and it's a member of the hibiscus family, which makes sense because I've had hibiscus cocktails and things like that before, so it kind of... It does kind of taste in that in that realm. Um, and you make it by pouring boiling water over the fresh um, sorrel flour, and then you add, like, a ginger, pimento, and cloves, and, you know, you... Which, by the way, we think of as a holiday baking spice, but ginger, pimento, and cloves, those are all island spices. Those are all Caribbean spices like yeah what exactly is pimento cheese i don't know i think i, I have no is that idea like a different thing i think it's a different thing i don't uh, know also what pimento really the pimentos is. that come inside the olives those are different those are okay pimento is a is a nut or like a fruit oh. that is used to make allspice oh i love all so, stuff allspice yeah so it's very similar to the clove and things like that and you find a lot of um you find a lot of liqueurs or um, using those, utilizing those kind of flavors. Like allspice dram is a very popular mixer in tiki drinks. Also, falernum has some of that stuff in there. Like you, you'll find that in there. So, one of the cool things about sorrel that I noticed was um, when you go to Jamaica. Uh, sort of like you know how you can come here and you get Budweiser, and then there's Bud Light, and then there's Bud Select, and then there's Bud Ice. On. But when you go to Jamaica, Restripe has got a lot of other flavors. What? I and didn't know that. I had a red stripe sorrel, which was like a beer mixed with the sorrel, and it was pretty freaking delicious. I, I drank it. Try um, different red stripes. Yeah, I red had stripe a red stripe is um, delicious. I went with uh, my good friend Brandon, as you guys have heard me talk about before. We sat, we went to uh, Mahogany oh, yeah. Bay up in Ocho Rios, and we um, we found like this little small little local bar, this little local beach, and then there was like one little hut lean to with had like a bar in it. And I tried some uh, sorrel red stripe, and it was quite delicious. So what is it like? Was it like a real bar? Or was it like somebody with a cooler? You know how like some of those stands is like uh, like it was it, in Cuba. Yeah. Now this was actually a real bar, but it was in a like shack. That's cool. A beach shack, literally on the beach. Well, that's what people are coming for. So. The other thing in Jamaica was that everybody goes on Christmas to what they call a grand market. And it's not just in one selection in one place. Like every a lot of different towns have it. And you go to the grand market and you kind of do like last minute shopping or like just it's also like a social event. Like you go on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and like that's how you kind of like do a community event. Um so that was pretty that was uh let me see if I can find it in my notes here. This is coming from a uh, thebarefootnomad.com. I'm looking at this site here. Uh, some of these things are funny. They're asking, like, some of the questions asked about, like, like uh, you go on Google and you ask, you look for Christmas traditions, and one of the, some of the questions are like, is there a Santa Claus in Jamaica? And it's like, that's, of course, he goes everywhere. Like, why would he not go to Jamaica? That's a dumb question. 100%. There's also uh, Christmas reggae music, which has become kind of a thing lately uh i have a lot on my playlist and um yeah we were just listening to reggae christmas we did right? listen to reggae christmas uh i think by uh, yellow man or something um nice but yeah this the, the grand market is usually set up on like these crowded streets or like and uh they have again much like the queen's park thing from barbados there's dancing and there's music and live entertainment and it seems like a running tradition I see here th throughout the islands is that there's usually some kind of community event happening on Christmas Day where you go out in into the 
into the community, which I think is pretty freaking awesome. Everybody likes a party. I mean, when I went to Ocho Rios, one of the things I noticed was that everybody is out in the streets partying, like, on the weekends, which is, I thought was pretty awesome. The next thing, the next place we're going to go to is a place that's near and dear to my heart, honey, and I, I know we went there together, so I know we got some great memories, but I really fell in love with this place. We're talking about Cuba. Oh, yes. Now... There's a reason why Hemingway stayed so long. In, indeed. And, of course, they have a great holiday tradition there because they are not only... Um, you might think they are Roman Catholic-based, but they actually are more based in... Um, is it Santa, Santeria? Santeria. Mm-hmm. And we learned all about the Santeria priestesses that have to wear all the white and while they're in training. Them. And we saw them. Yes. It was pretty wonderful. So we learned about go ahead. pineapples. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Fertility. <laughs> way, before they were, way before the swingers commandeered the pineapple, we... It, 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 I know. Isn't that weird? It's dumb. I hate it. That's weird. Like, I mean, I know technically it was still about getting it on, but... <laughs> But why do they have to make it so so extra? <laughs> yeah, and I don't... It's uh, Anyway, I don't see how... Th- I, if they've messed up You have every, to be careful where you wear your pineapples. Yeah, they messed up all my Hawaiian days. shirts that have pineapples on them. Yeah. Because every time I go out somewhere and wear a pineapple shirt, then some, you're representing some millennial something is else. asking me if I'm a swinger. And I'm like, well, that's, this is weird on too many levels. Because one, you're like half my age. And second of all, I'm not a swinger. I'm here with my freaking wife. Okay, anyway, it makes me mad. Because they've commandeered my... my I love pineapples. You got to calm down. You just got to be like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) You got to calm down, though, you know, because I don't know if you if you're too hyper about something, you know. Yeah. All right. So in Cuba, Christmas Eve or Noche Buena Hmm? uh, is, uh, you know, that was, uh, again, much like the Italian culture, they celebrate their Christmas on Christmas Eve. And um, as far well, as Christmas really starts at midnight, it does. It does. In fact, when my On dad was Christmas a kid, Eve. he would talk about them staying up till midnight, right? And doing their Christmas morning at like midnight, and then going to bed. Makes like, sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, but in Cuba, one of the things they talk about is uh, uh, creme de vie, which is like, which sounds French, but creme de vie is a. Uh, or vai, I don't know. Uh, it's a uh, creme de vie. It's um, I it's don't know. Kind of a Cuban coquito or Cuban eggnog. Oh, okay. Um. So let's let's click on here and this is uh, see what they say for their recipe. Cause again, these are all like I'm reading from websites. I've I've never been to Cuba at Christmas time, but we did go in February, which is kind of post Christmas. I've been in Mexico during Christmas time before. It's yeah. kind of cool. What was what was uh, Mexico like at Christmas. Uh, actually, we went in November and we saw the Christmas decorations up. That was pretty fun. I mean, it's kind of like fl- being in Florida. It's you're in a warm, wet, warm weather climate, just with you know Christmas actually, tree ornaments yeah. everywhere. Actually, I liked going because when we were, they had that in Cosmo, like right by the the park that's right by the ferry to the to the mainland. They had all the Christmas decorations up. That was really cute. And the Mexicans have plenty of red and green. Okay, they have it right in our, their flag. So oh, sort of Italian. I mean, so the creme de vie or like a Cuban eggnog, it, it's kind of funny. They can they kind of combine uh, the ingredients of regular eggnog with the um, uh, uh, the the coquito. They use 
condensed milk, evaporated milk, but they still use six egg yolks, uh, sugar, water, vanilla syrup, or vanilla uh, extract, and white rum. So I bet that's actually really good because it kind of... One of the things I don't like about Coquito is all, like, the, the milk product in there, the condensed milk and everything. It, it um, you know, let's just say it has a tendency to run through me. So there's a... <laughs> TMI. Yep. But Ew. that is that is their drink. Although, of course, I, I'm if if you're in Cuba and you ha- at Christmas time, um, sure, I definitely try definitely try some creme de vie. But uh, also, just sip on some really great Havana Club or Santiago de Cuba. Like that that's a great Christmas sip and drink for the winter time. Anyway, um, of course they they cook the pig, they do the torones, all that stuff. Um, you gotta cook the pig. Yeah, the lechon asado. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the pig in the ground. Alstado means kind of like, uh, like a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, they do the spring cleaning thing, which they, they the Cuban clean, which they like inspect. Again, you can only do that in a warm climate because I'm from the northern part of the states, where it's dumping snow forever, uh-huh. and there is no way we're opening up the house during the winter. Like well, spring is spring cleaning for a reason. We have to wait for it to thaw out. Before we can really get wild about cleaning, mm-hmm. yeah. you actually kind of air the house up or out. I mean, it's like you've had the windows shut, you've had the heat on high for like ever. Finally, you get that like first kind of spring day where you can kind of open up the windows and it's like a whole different kind of air inside your house. Now, I don't remember the last time I've gotten wild about cleaning. What Explain to me this wild about cleaning. Mm. Is this, is, you is, don't is get it, wild about cleaning. I'm the one who does that. Oh. You have, like, your man eyes looking at, you know. For those of you listening, my husband does great about picking up. In fact, he bothers him that I leave things in a weird place all the time. And I can never find what I'm looking for because I remember where I left it, but it's never where I left it because my husband moved it to where he thinks it belongs. To where it belongs. No, where you think it belongs. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, so me, I come around and I do any of the scrubbing, right? Like You are a scrubber. I mean, we have two pets. So me, you I know, don't want no scrubs. We have two pets and we have white baseboards. I don't know if guys even look at baseboards. They're like, what are those? I will admit that it looks a lot better when it's clean. I just never would think of to do of to do that. So yeah, I would just paint pet over, hair or something there. The you don't want to. You want it to look fresh. Mm-hmm. Makes the floor look cleaner. Anyway, yeah. I'm done with my little cleaning speech. I guess. Look, look, I I will <laughs> I will. Um, you know what? I, oh, I I agree with you. You are right. So I will help you. Um, I will. Help but I you. have to tell you to do it. I will hold your hand on the soapbox so you don't slip and fall. <laughs> but, um, Thanks. So, you're but s- you're too kind. Yes, that's it. Very chivalrous of me. There's mm-hmm. a um, the most cr- actually Cuba might have the most craziest hit Christmas history. Cause check this out, in 1969, Fidel Castro banned Christmas. What? <laughs> no no sh- way. Remember this scene from Robin that's Hood Men in really Tights? Weird, when man. Alan Rickman is like, and cancel Christmas. Like, this, this, it wasn't just a joke. Um, no, Fidel Castro was like actually did it. So. What year was that? This were was we 1969. born? While there was no, peace we and, were not so, alive. While, while, um, while Brian Adams was getting his first real six-string, Fidel Castro <laughs> was, was, was banning freaking Christmas. Nobody was shopping at the Five and Dime. No, no, not in <laughs> Cuba. There was no Five and Dime. It was, uh, yeah. 
So I'm surprised the five and dime didn't have like a catalog that went everywhere in the world. So or the Sears catalog. Maybe it was only Sears that figured it out. Maybe so. For some reason, you could be so, anywhere in the world and order something. So from here's Sears. the thing, Castro, when when it when the when the country became communist, they actually didn't have a national religion. Communism is an atheist philosophy. So that's what he blamed it on. Was like we're an atheist country. We're canceling all religious holidays. But what it actually was was that December, the time that Christmas was happening, was the time of year where people harvest sugar and that was cuba's main export when they became communist and Absolutely. he couldn't have people taking a week off in the middle of december so he canceled effing christmas that's pretty wild now i'm not sure when it came back but we were there in 2019 and they seemed like they were pretty you know a pretty christian nation <laughs> but so but and it's a lot more uh americanized and update now that after russia fell they you know hopefully someday we'll see the day when Cuba I don't know it seemed a little still you know preserved in time to me we were on good terms with Cuba under Obama and then the next administration happened and kind of closed yeah. things back off again and then now um you know Biden hasn't done much to reopen it but for the first time in a long time uh during the hurricanes of the past year Cuba had reached out for American aid which they hadn't done in a long time. And I'm hoping that now that the Castros are out and maybe, I don't know, I'm hoping maybe we'll see some some, some friendliness between Cuba and, and America again. I would love to be back in the, to go, to be back in the day where we, you could hop a flight from Miami to Cuba. Was that the fifties? Like uh, Castro took power. Like when was like 59. Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack just like, that all was of the Hollywood. Er, that was the early all 40s of Hollywood. And 50s. That was their playground. Yeah. Uh, Cuba was the Las Vegas of the Caribbean. It and really it was, was. And um, I mean, Errol Flynn, Ernest Hemingway. Everyone. In fact, Ernest Hemingway lived there right up until the revolution, when the American government called him leave. and was like, "Yeah, you need to leave." And he s hated leaving. That was his home. That was yeah. his favorite home. In fact, it only took. Imagine somebody call you and said you have to leave your home. I believe Ugh. it. I believe it only took a. I believe that's tough. Two was it it was he left he had to leave there in the six fifty nine or sixty and then i i think it might have only been like a year or two when he came back to the states before he committed suicide so like he just didn't mm. want he wanted to be home um oh that makes me a little bit ill yeah yeah so. well he also had lots of other problems too so well we have but. like so many people unfortunately just you know going that route like who recently was Ellen DeGener El Ellen DeGeneres's um, DJ? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, it's been kind of going viral, you know, because I think that on the outside he looked, you know, like he was doing fine. He was, you know, pretty inspirational. He was pretty successful. He had a family. You know, it's like really tough to see it from the outside what was going on. Yeah, um, the uh, yeah that, that's a tough thing to, to 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 touch on, especially in a Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> but, saying, get help tough. whenever you need help. You know, I just I believe, basic, yeah. just basic, reach out. That's all. Ernest, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on Ernest Hemingway. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of other theories about things that were happening. Actually, some sure. of them, some of them not theories. Um, he was depressed. He did have a. Um, 
uh, what's the term for it? they call like it's it's almost like when you uh, there's a there's there's an actual scientific term for like when you stop liking the things that you like. Um, it's like it's oh ennui, ennui is like a it's it's boredom to the sake of mental illness to like where nothing like just not you. having new inspiration for something yeah. new and no like but I mean think about it this is a guy who lived his whole life on adventure like he was he a achieved war so much correspondent I mean but he was always moving France Italy I mean uh, what Spain. about Anthony Bordeaux same thing well, you would yeah. look at him mm-hmm. and say he's traveled the world mm-hmm. a couple times around probably and what you just excites don't see you it. when you know what I mean everything. Yeah. yeah exactly um he actually, um, Hemingway actually got treated. This was in the day where they did shock therapy for mental illness. He actually got. I, treated I have news for, for you. They still do that. And they still do it. Yeah, and then he blew his head off with the sh- with a shock. With a, I'm not sure if it was a shotgun, but I imagine if Hemingway was probably like a, a blunderbuss, like a, a elephant gun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, this is way too depressing for a Christmas <laughs> episode. We're supposed to be love and joy and peace what, and I love. I mean, I'm also kind of feeling weird about that, too. Like, how many people, like, just have the guts to just do that that type of going out? You know what I mean? On like, this day in the city of David. Naomi Judd, same thing. All right, enough. We're not going to go through. Right. We're not going to spend the Christmas episode talking about everybody that committed <laughs> suicide. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. You said you were done with it. We should move on. And then you went into more details. Well, Hemingway so. has a tie to the Caribbean. Uh, oh, the judge, okay. It, all not so right. Much. All right. I see. I'm getting off topic now, guys. My hand has been smacked. Actually, this is another topic that's going to make you feel like we're talking about death again. Because oh, this my is, gosh. What, what kind is, of Christmas episode is this? Well, this is something that you are very adamant about. In fact, just before this podcast, oh, no. you were asking me if this eggnog was safe to drink because it was a week old. <laughs> but I just worry about raw eggs. In, in Guyana. I don't know anything. In Guyana, at Christmas time, they make something called pepper pot. Um, now, this... That sounds like a chamber pot. That's not <laughs> no, good. it is not. That's not good. It is not. <laughs> but what it is is a meat like um, like beef shanks or, or, or tail or like things like that. Now you're talking about shanks? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And, uh, now, this is... We really are talking about death. This is the part <laughs> that's going to make you cringe. <laughs> this meat is cooked on and off and let to sit in between for weeks. What? That's bizarre. They don't... It's, it's stewed... Um, then they must have to scorch it because they scorch all the bad stuff out of so it. So they each take time. these these beef parts and they're tossed with cinnamon and cloves and uh, island spices and peppers, and it's cooked on and off for days at a time. And in between stewing, it sits out on the stove at room temperature, and it's like it's okay. So like is it high in so much sodium that no like all right. Hold bacteria on. or something there. get great now, crazy leaving meat at room temperature usually would have bacteria but the pepper pot has a secret weapon according to uh, npr.org the something called casarip casarip is a thick sauce made oh, from oh not to be confused with the reaper no it's a casarip is a thick sauce made from the juice of, of the cassava root and it's uh, Guyana has a um, it's a very old food in Guyana, and it's boiled down to like a molasses syrup, which has powerful antiseptic properties. That's also used in local medicine, and it also contributes to the local flavor. But when you coat the meat in this and stew it in there, it keeps bacteria from growing on the meat, and you can slow cook it for like days at a time. 
That's wild. You need some of that for your leftover pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it tastes like um, like a good caramel, like complexity, like as far as that goes. Um, Ladies and know, gentlemen, sweet, my husband bitter. will eat leftovers if they've even been sitting out all night. Look, it takes the air of the the night to really <laughs> add the essence of the... Is Phil Collins here? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It takes the air of the night to add that extra <laughs> flavor to the pizza. That makes it just right. Oh, no. Oh, no. Look, we were just in New York a couple of weekends ago, and we had real good pizza. So the pizza Wonderful that we get here pizza. in Tennessee, it needs the air of the night to, to kind of, <laughs> you know, to help it along It needs to be bit. reheated. Because, you know, in New York, they make the pie, and then, like, when you order it, they just warm it up. And they crust it up. Yeah. Oh, so good. So we're moving on, baby. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that, that day's old meat? You think you would try that? I would try it. But then I'd be, like, all, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, paranoid. I'd be sitting there going, oh, my God, am I going to get sick? Am I going to get sick? I don't know if y'all feel the way I feel, but food poisoning is, like, worse than death. It, it, you honestly you, believe you you're going to die when you have food poisoning. You don't know where the end is at. You're, you're just praying. So... Uh, I mean, I think we're always just going to disagree on that, and I think we both take it to extremes. Like, I will eat something left out for a long time, but you also are, like, way too adamant about expiration dates. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> you have had, you had, like, a package of allspice that was, like, 10 years old. It's all the spice. No, it was, like, open and crusted and, like, was... It wouldn't even shake out of the thing. Yeah, I think once it once it, once it becomes a a <laughs> one a, solid a organism rock of allspice, <laughs> it's a it's a monolith of allspice. <laughs> it was like from two thousand one or something. All right, baby, we're gonna get in our like little time traveler, our little uh, island hopper. We're gonna get back in Santa's sleigh because he can go at lightning speed, and we're gonna leave Guyana and we're gonna go down to Venezuela. Now, Venezuela is um. I picked this from my one of my favorite rum-producing nations because they make Diplomatico, and the Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva is probably my all-time favorite rum. Like, is it a very diplomatic rum? It's very diplomatic, and it's diplomatic because you can use it at all times. And um, but no, it's nice. probably my all-favorite rum. It's like thirty bucks or forty bucks a bottle, and it's a sipping rum, a mixing rum. Like it's everything that it's actually not even a mixing rum. It's pretty much on the like I compare Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva to any bottle that's like $70 or $75. And this is a $40 bottle. And I don't even like a lot of those high-priced rums. I think they're way overpriced. And, and just because, uh, I don't know, and you still got to, they're so high alcohol, you got to put water on them anyway. I don't know. We're getting into, anybody who's mm -hmm. listened to the podcast for a while I knows agree. that I do not like high-octane rums because I want to sit down and have more than one. And if I, I don't want to get drunk off one freaking drink. He says that, but when... When you're sipping something, I'm still like, oh, my God, I can't even sip that straight. Yeah. And some of it is. So like, it depends on where you're coming from. And we also pretend sometimes, I think. as On your palate is what I mean. Yeah. I also think that we pretend sometimes that we like stuff because we think we're supposed to like it. I don't it's do like, that. And I've, and yeah, and <laughs> you I don't, might do that. I don't, I don't no, do that. I don't do that either. And I think that's what gets me a lot of people looking at me. I think I, think this, I use straight up bum people out. 
I think in this I'll be world, like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> in the tiki and rum world, actually, in the tiki world, I think I'm pretty spot on. But in the rum world, separate from tiki, I think I, I think maybe I make some enemies or or get people to not trust my point of view because who who wouldn't like you? Come on. Well, I I'm just honest about if this doesn't taste good. Like people like to use words like. Oh, but that's this, subjective. Oh, oh, th- this is spicy or hot on the tongue. No, it's your it's alcohol burn. You're burning your tongue with alcohol because you're drinking a, a freaking. You know. I mean, I think people can talk in commonalities, but really, it's a little bit of a soft science, right? It's a little bit subjective. It is subjective, Always. and I think that's what makes it. That's what makes me have to hold my tongue. But in my mind, it's not subjective. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, no, you guys are just dumbasses who are liking this because look, remember when craft beer came out with like the triple hopped IPAs, and everybody was like, I have to, oh, I got it. It's it's like the people have to cut themselves to feel alive, like. You no, know, you're drinking that to like feel to feel alive. Like, what do you what, like? You don't. This does not taste good. But I don't know. Like, your uh, uh, taste buds change over time. Palates change. And when I was little, I didn't like green beans. But then I learned how <laughs> what green beans taste like when they were not from a can, and I actually like them now. So maybe people who drink these high-end rums just should maybe I don't know drink, drink lesser rums that are. Better, uh, better quality, or I, I don't know. It just seems like get a good old bottle of Bacardi. Bacardi eight years, one of my favorite. Bacardi all-time is, is wonderful, and it's not crazy expensive. Look, I'm not gonna lie and say I don't have expensive rums in our bar. Like I have a bottle of sixty, a sixty-five dollar bottle of Hampton. Which oh, is one of that's my where that rums. went. That's where that money went. But <laughs> just and, uh, but that's one of my all-time favorite rums. But I haven't checked the bank. It's not. It's not. I also think Diplomatico for half the price is still just as freaking good. I just, you know, uh, uh, Real McCoy five year, that's like $25 a bottle. Uh, Merchants Reserve um, from uh, uh, Denizen, 30 bucks a bottle. Like, all this rum is amazing. And so, anyway, I don't think you should have to pay more than 40 bucks a bottle to get a decent price of decent rum. So, anyway, let's move on to Venezuelan Christmas in Venezuela. They do something on Christmas Eve, which most like, again, like we do in my Italian family. They call it the Miso de Gallo, which means the, the rooster's mass, because they believe that um, the, the first creature to call worshippers in honor of the newborn Christ was a rooster. So they think they Does anybody, rooster like, know that... A rooster crows, like, all the time. But here's my thing. <laughs> Are they talking about the rooster crowing all over the world to announce that the Christ was born in the Middle East? Because I don't know if they have chickens roaming around in the middle of the desert in Jerusalem. And also, like, the rooster even knowing why he was crowing because they crow all the time. Well, all day. The, see... I, I like the idea of the rooster crowing for Christ being born. I much much adoration. We're a Catholic family, so I yeah. But I don't know if there were chickens in in the desert. Well, I'm just bringing it up because when I mean I didn't know until I met some roosters once <laughs> mm. that like it's not just a morning thing. <laughs> the crow crowing is like all day. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that was like when. Where were you when you met these roosters? Were you like in a bar somewhere? They just roosters came in, like the gang of roosters. Oh yeah, I think it was some sort of like southern beach bar kind of thing where they just roaming. But oh, you met Roman roosters? Oh, that's oh. Uh, that's like not Roman, but Roman. They're Roman Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so one of those things that like just I remember the first time I realized they crawl all day. Romanius and Cockanius, the Roman roosters. <laughs> So I was like, can you just be quiet? They do, because there's roosters out here by the Kroger we go to, and they crow all the time. It's all that. Um, yeah. So, also, I've seen lots of nativities, and there's always, like, a donkey, right? And there's a, which there's always, a, you know, there, there's a sheep, or and there's... I've never seen a nativity with a chicken. <laughs> I mean... I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe they ate the chicken for dinner. When the heavenly host came down, I don't think. I mean, but that would be a good way to feed the multitude if you only had like. I can you imagine Jesus like with the five fishes thing, but like, and and the loaves of bread, but he's just passing out buckets of KFC. Do you like drums or wings? (laughs) (laughs) Drumettes or winglets? Who wants the neck? (laughs) (laughs) That's how you can feed 500 people because nobody wants the neck. So everybody's like, nah, I'll pass. I'll pass. I'm good. I'm full. Full. (laughs) If you're really poor, you eat the eyeballs or something. (laughs) What else we got here Um, happening in Venezuela? They have the. The Day of the Innocents. Let me see if I can find this. This is coming from uh, christmas.lovetoknow.com. The Day of the Innocents is... Noche Buena, again, just like um, just like in Cuba. So the nativity scene, nacimientos. Of course, now that I'm uh, on here, I can't. Find it, Andean region. Huh, here's here's something about uh, Venezuela. So, in the Andean region of Venezuela, people pay homage to the Christ child, the Christ child known as Peraduro da Nino, by singing to him in front of the nativity, and then the baby Jesus is taken from the manger, and everybody that coming kisses him, and then puts him back in the upright position. Now, when they, they they specifically say the upright position, does that mean he's like chilling up? He's sitting up, like with his arm over the back of the chair, like. But, but it's everybody. He's, he's doing the Captain Morgan. Yeah, but he's he's. What's up, guys? Oh, he's Jesus explaining, son of man explaining. Yeah. He's doing the son of man explaining. Uh, no, but uh, it says everybody kisses the baby Jesus and then puts him back in the manger, which makes me think like so that's. So they say hello to him. That's because that's what they do there. That's coronavirus waiting to happen. Well, I, think about that. How many countries kiss? You know, like, you know, even at church, we don't shake hands as much anymore because of COVID. Like, imagine countries where you kiss or, you know, in South America, they do one kiss. In British, you know, they do two kisses in mm-hmm. Europe. And so, I mean, this has, like, changed everybody's way of saying hello even. Yeah, I often um, am very glad that uh, we moved to Florida when I was 13 because 
<laughs> I the, thought you were going to say I'm often very glad I don't have to kiss strangers. <laughs> well, I often am very glad I don't have to kiss even people I know because I do <laughs> not like the kissing sound. It affects my misophonia. As you know, baby, you make fun of me all the time. But it actually affects me in a very, like, it, it makes, it's, it's not, it affects me physically. Like, I can't do it. But my thing so, is, like, what if somebody's, like, really sweaty? I guess you, like, kiss, like, the air, too. Like, I've seen people kind of, like, kiss the air. Well, as you know, in Italian culture, like... Because you never want to kiss somebody with a full face of makeup. I know? mean, that's why I can never join the mafia, because everybody kisses on the cheek, and I would just... I would be cringy. I would, I would get whacked in the first day, because I'd be like, oh, get the fuck... Get the frig off me. Like, you <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse. Part of my uh, French Polynesian. So... The other thing they celebrate in Venezuela is the uh, the Day of the Innocents, and this was on December 28th, and it marks the day that King Herod slaughtered all the male babies, the firstborn babies that were... Um, I, there's a lot of death in this Christmas episode, but as we know, being Catholic, when he didn't, they, didn't, they were scared of the King of the Jews, people were also very dumb back then. They didn't understand nuance and metaphor. When they said the King of the Jews, they didn't literally mean a king with a crown, but... People didn't know that back then. So, um, but Pretty the weird sure thing about this... It was both, though. Yeah, I get, the weird thing about this is December 28th, and they're marking the day that King Herod um, slaughtered all the male babies from Christ's birth. But the way that it's celebrated in Venezuela, with music, dancing, and then children dress up in costumes and play practical jokes. So it's almost like a, like a trick-or-treat. Like or a treat. Halloween thing. Like a... Yeah. It's hmm. very odd. So, I don't know. Well, babe, we're going to jump back in Santa's sleigh, and the last place we're going is a place that's near and dear to our heart because we went there on our honeymoon, and we're going to one of my last favorite uh, rum-producing nations, and they are a rum-producing states, rather, and they are new in the rum game, but they're delicious. I think I drank the bar at the hotel out of their Kohana rum when I was there. We're going to Hawaii. Now, Hawaii is a... It's funny because they've Americanized, obviously. Beautiful but windy all the time. It is trade winds all the time. Uh, so before, you know, we all like to think about the uh, Melikalikimaka and all that kind of stuff, and they us pretty much taking them over as a state. But there was a holiday tradition there called uh, Makahiki before Christmas came, and this was a four-month holiday that starts in October or November and lasts through February or March. Um, so it's a working holiday. And it's yeah, and it's because nobody's it's, out for four months. No, but it's it's it, and the, the reason why it's they don't know when or when or not it starts and ends is because it goes based on the lunar calendar, so it changes every year. Um, and it's uh, starts when the constellation Makali'i it comes out, and that constellation is also known as something that you know of, the Pleiades or the Pleiades. Yes, I do know and, that. Um, that's very prominent in Caribbean culture down in Florida mm -hmm. where I'm from. If you do any stargazing, you know about the Pleiades. Mm -hmm. or Orion chasing the seven sisters across mm -hmm. the sky and never catches them. Orion is my sign. It is. It is. Uh, Makahiki honors the local god Lono. Um, it's a harvest celebration, just like everywhere else in the world. Which I know you don't think Hawaii being tropical like having a harvest celebration, but it's... it's um, well, they can't ship everything. Yeah, true. No. Um, and people have lived there forever. The other thing in Hawaii is that uh, Santa Claus is often not pulled by reindeer, but often shows up in an outrigger canoe pulled by dolphins across the Pacific. Oh, that's adorable. So it is Please. pretty damn awesome. I want to see that. Uh, so Hawaii actually has a 
lot of weird it's amalgamations. Cute. That's cute. So, because obviously there's no pine trees, the Christmas tree is grown in Hawaii, um, not on the level that would be needed to supply Christmas anyway. They are delivered to Hawaii on refrigerated freighters. And much like... Wait, how does that work? Much like the cargo cults of like the... Like back containers, in the day. you mean? Yeah. Okay. So much like the cargo cults of back in the day, how people like would like these... Um, not saying that Hawaii is cultish, but like I'm saying back in the day, <laughs> there was these... Um, people would... the uh, uh, these, these civilizations that were not... Um, privy to modern technology would see modern technology like during World War One, World War Two, and they would they um, formed what they call cargo cults, which they all this, they would do cargo drops, and they would end up worshiping them, worshiping this technology like it was um, like it was uh, a god of some sorts. It's actually what the local tiki bar here, Chopper, is based off of, like the robot being worshipped like a tiki god. So. Uh, for more information on that, look up Cargo Cults. There's a rich history of it. But um, in that vein, the Hawaiian people have made uh, waiting for these Christmas trees to arrive into a sort of a tradition celebration. These The Christmas trees come on the containers in refrigerated freighters, and they everybody goes to the docks and gets their Christmas trees. Um, this is coming from KaloaLandingResort.com. So... Um, if it's wrong, it's their fault. But that's what I, I've seen this across many websites. That um, uh, again, we were not there at Christmas time, but apparently it's a thing. And uh, the place where we went in Kauai, they actually, you know, it's the Garden Island, and they actually do like a um, a, a parade, like an annual Christmas parade, which goes right through Lahui, where, where we stayed. It's probably on the one road that goes all the way around. Mm-hmm. You got to get to the side you want to be on before that parade starts, I'm sure. Because you won't be going anywhere. Yeah, it's... Uh... There's one road <laughs> well, yeah. that goes all the way around the edge of the island in a circle. And everything leads to that road. You can't get to the next quadrant without going to that road. And it's a two-lane. Yeah. So, of course, there's the uh, Mela Kalikimaka and all that. And... Uh, um, you know, they. Th- I think they've really um, taken a some of their traditions. And you know, Hawaii is a a mixed bag, right? Because I must well, so like is Christmas a little bit. It is. I mean, the U.S. has you know, I mean, the version that we think of, you know, Santa with, you know, a lot of us got from Coca Cola. You know, oh, yeah. Coca-Cola yep. really pinned and coined a lot of that. I remember I went to a museum in the middle of Iowa, and it's called The House on the Rock. It's really amazing. It takes like three hours to go through this museum, and they have everything, hmm. like from air, like orchestras, that instruments that play just on like an air machine, and there's no actual musicians. And then they have like huge cars, they have like air balloons, all these huge collections, rare collections of things. And uh, one thing they have is an entire section on Santa Claus and all the kitschy versions of Santa Claus and like lots of rare old vintage artifacts of what Santa Claus used to be. And you can see up through the whole revolution, you know, evolution. Evolution and the revolution. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, if there was a Santa Claus revolution, if he just revolted one year. Oh, yeah. And it was like for all sure. the Santas came He's out. He's like, I don't really look like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have gray hair. I but use just for men. <laughs> there is uh, just for Santa. There is a just for elves. There's a but I mean, um, last year, one of the cool things my mom gave me for Christmas was these little Santa Claus uh, figurines that these little ceramic figurines that she had collected for a while. And uh, it's a it's a good um, it's a good. Uh, I'm sorry, off mic. I thought I heard something. But there's a there are a good representation of the fact that Santa Claus looks different in different places. Right. And the American version of Santa Claus was definitely created by by marketing by Coca Cola. Same thing with the polar bears and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also the uh, you know that Night Before Christmas book, the illustrated book from back in the day. Um, yeah, you could definitely see when I went to that museum, like the versions of Santa Claus before that Coca-Cola version, and then afterwards, the ones afterwards were really like the repeat mm-hmm. of that, like nineteen, you know, fifty something. I like old school Santa Claus from Europe that had like the the long coat. Mm-hmm. He even had like a green coat at one point. A green one, yeah. Or he was like, you know. A saint, or is more gnomish looking. Maybe next year things. for Christmas episode, we do like different verses of Santa Claus from across the world. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. All right, babe. We've pretty much covered all of the Caribbean um, islands that I know about. I have the Christmas traditions. So let's do a brief overview of some of the weirdest t- traditions. Uh, oh, the eggnog's kicking in. Uh, oh. From around the world that maybe we haven't talked about yet. Did you know, I mean, of course we know about, you know, because he's had a movie lately, we know about Krampus from Austria and Germany. And I, uh, you hate that, that movie. That was scary. You hate watching horror movies That was scary. Yeah, I was very scared. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, warm-hearted stories mishmashed with, uh, you know, a little bit of horror doesn't do it for me. Now. It's like, you know, when some people can't handle, you know, horror films that have to do with religion. I felt that way about it. It's like, don't. Don't tarnish Santa. You know? Well, they get weirder than that, honey. Oh, boy. We're going to Spain. We're going to Catalonia. Mm-hmm. In Catalonia, have you heard of uh, the Cogner? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it really, r- roughly, it means the pooper. <laughs> now, it's a... So this is not that thing that you stand on? No. Nope. You know, the this is a figu- potty or whatever? This is a pantless figurine. <laughs> Um, who's depicted... Um, Pantless? What? Who's depicted in a squatting position. And oh, he, my God. And they show a front and a back? He's put next to the... He's, he's snuck... It's As a joke, he's, like, snuck into the nativity scenes as, like, a guy pooping in the corner. Oh, no. So there's, like, Mary, Joseph, little baby Jesus, and then... So when did that start? Is that, like, vintage, or is that, like, Coca-Cola created that, too? No, this is back <laughs> from in Spain, like... Um, so, yeah, there. Um, you can I mean, see I the guess picture. before there were toilets, public Look, you can toilets, see the picture of the figurine the right there. So you put he's like on a little base. Oh, and he's got like he's got like a robe kind of swathing the front. Yeah, but, but then his he's, butt is his fully butt sticking exposed. out, almost like those Spencer gifts thing with the butt sticking out. Yeah, but he's he's in a squatting position. And he's got a little turd under him, and he's made in. Oh this, my god! Ew! For he, real? He's made in this in the same vein of the people that go in the nativity and then he's like a squatter literally he's squatting in the nativity he's squatting in the manger literally and figuratively <laughs> um they also have 
I don't know what I don't know what's I mean, what, this is making me giggle a lot. I don't That's know what funny. Catalonia's obsession with feces is, but they also do something <laughs> which is called the pooping log or the caga. Caga log. Sounds like a caca. And what they do, it's kinda like a pinata. It's a poopyata, pretty much. They Yo, So what? there's a there's a small It's not real though. There is a small stick with a smile on its face, and they put it on the table in December, and every day it's quote unquote fed with nuts and sweets and candy and things like that. And then on Christmas Eve, you beat it with a stick and it poops out the presents. Literally, I have no words for this. I don't know what <laughs> Catalonia's obsession with poop is, but apparently it's I mean, a- extra special at Christmas time. I mean, maybe they didn't have real sewers for a long time, you know. We've heard stories of London. Maybe it was that kind of thing. I don't know, but anyway... Okay. So we're going to. So you beat the the log with a stick. You beat the log, and then the wood log on wood poops out. Action. It's wood on wood action, and then it poops out. But it's actually like, you but know, it's the thing it's that the brings Yule you the Yule log, gift. but it's a poop log. It brings you the present. Not that I have a log. Not in the way that you think I said I said. Mm-hmm. Don't need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's also from Iceland. There's the Yule lads. The Yule lads are thirteen mischievous trolls that go roaming the country in the fortnight before Christmas. And they um they cause mischief and they have names and their names are very but specific. But they don't poop. They don't poop. They okay. might poop. I mean, probably Rana. not. I'm sure they if they eat they probably poop. I mean, I'm, I mean, but not sure. in your not in your Christmas stuff. But it's not part of the tradition. It's not part. No, these are not. <laughs> so, the oh my the names of these these uh the, the Yule lads they they're not lads. They're not like cute little lads. Lads just means boys, right? Well. They are, um, I believe... It's ladies so, and lads, I think. If, if the tradition is true, which I don't see here, but they are apparently, like, kids of, like, the Christmas witch and the... and the. What is I, this Christmas witch? We're getting there. Hold on. But check out these Yule Lad names. Apparently, the names are just what they do. Because it's... Have you ever heard of the... Dwarves? Like well, yeah, they're the, so the, the names are these. These are these insane. names are doorway sniffer, spoon licker, <laughs> sausage what? sausage swiper, uh, what? candle stealer, gird gobbler, and window peeper, which is super creepy. Yes. So he, window peeper is, is will, will definitely get canceled morning. right now. Um, also, spoon licker, kind of gross, and sausage swiper. Like, hopefully, that's like who's leaving those sausages out. He just comes in and steals your sausages? <laughs> like, like I mean, maybe he works at, like, the grocery store. Maybe. You know, scan it in. <laughs> so, um... And that sounds the, and also there's, bad. There's also some, some funny ones. Like, apparently it's a tradition in Japan to have KFC on Christmas. It's, um... Yeah, it's like a that, it's, it's like, like a they weird made fun of us. Well, it's funny because a lot of people... <laughs> I think that has to do have, with America somehow. A lot of people on Christmas Eve have Chinese food. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. So but in, I guess that's a thing. I so, think New York started that. So in Japan, uh, what I know is not China, but in Japan, they have Kentucky Fried Christmas, which is a... Uh, well, Kentucky Fried Chicken is hella bad you just said, for you. You just cursed. <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> this was a family show. Sorry. Y'all know what I meant. KFC, because I'm not going to try it again. But KFC is like hella bad for you, but so good for the soul. Well, also, Christmas isn't really a thing in Japan, but guess what? 
KFC has a lot of money, and they ran a um, during the seventies. They ran a like really expensive ad campaign, which um, the crapper guy definitely ate KFC. Which told pay- oh, it helps oh him yeah, he went. <laughs> where was what, what was that from? What, that was from uh, Iceland, or no? That was from uh, Catalonia, Spain. So they must have a KFC in I Catalonia because that's what you need to. Apparently, get like the system the, the, moving. So it's like it's. It's the colonel with the Christmas hat on, like like Santa Claus. <laughs> but all the writing is in Japanese, and it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. They just they always eat this. Okay, here is what you have been waiting for, baby. We're coming Me? up. On I've the... been waiting for it. Yes, we're talking about La Bafana. La Bafana is oh w- yes the wine the drinking witch. Italian witch. Oh my God, I'm, I I am this person incarnate. I know. I think I, I, I mean. We're not just talking about my little sister. She's not the one drinking Italian witch. <laughs> We're talking about the actual <laughs> La Bufana. So, all right. On the eve of the Epiphany, which is on January 5th, families across Italy leave out a glass of vino and a plate of sausages for La Bufana, who pops down the chimney on her broomstick. Uh, according to the folklore, the old lady knocked back an invitation. Uh, the old lady knocked back an invitation from the three wise men to, to witness the birth of Christ. And she was so devastated about missing it, she spends every Christmas gliding around the country searching for baby Jesus. Um, Aww. And, that's uh, so sweet. She doles out presents to the good kids and coal to the naughty ones. And apparently, some here and here, she just, because they're Italian, they just think she also drinks a lot of wine everywhere she goes. So <laughs> apparently, you just leave a glass of vino out. <laughs> and the, she'll uh, come. This is coming from uh, YHA.com. And uh, yeah. I and it's a thing like people dress up in witch costumes like just like Halloween but for Christmas. Oh yes. And it's a, it's a thing. I'm and I feel like, um, I feel like I before I even knew about this, I've been celebrating this in my family for decades because you we have? just always drink wine on Christmas <laughs> Eve, and it's just <laughs> oh, how I it get is. It, yeah. So, um, there's a couple of other weird ones like in the Ukraine they put up spider webs instead of like snow things. Spider webs like. And there's like, then there's like spider decorations for the Christmas tree, as you can see, like right here. It's kind of weird, kind of creepy. Oh my actually. gosh! Now, if they lived in here in Tennessee, well, that's not really weird because spiders oh, yeah. do live in the trees. Yeah, and we actually have real spiders here, which are scary. So that's why I would never do that. Um, <laughs> and then in Mexico, apparently they carve radishes for Christmas. Um, the night of the radishes. Cool. It's actually called the night of the radishes, which to me sounds like a crazy horror movie. Like a bee horror movie, the night radishes night the are night. in a delicious, world though. where radishes are sentient. sentient. Like, <laughs> do you have zombie radishes? <laughs> oh, the ravishing would you, radishes. Would you have like, would you have like Lucifer radish? You know where he like starts out good, but then he falls from heaven, mm. and he becomes bad dude. Bad radish. That's and then can he redeem himself at some point? There's no redemption arc for radishes. They're always bad. They have <laughs> they are in the shape of a poop, uh, at, like. Sort of. And they have, they have a horn. They're like a tiny turnip with a red skin. Mm. Turnip for what? I don't know. Turn down for what? Mm-hmm. If you put a turnip upside down, is it a turn down? Anyway. Uh, well, babe, we've covered some weird Christmas traditions. What about you? What did you do as a little kid that, re- that sticks out to you? I know your mom worked a lot on Christmas, but you did tell me one time that you guys went around looking at Christmas lights and stuff. Is, yeah. there, is, is there anything that jumps out at you from being a kid at Christmas? Yeah, I would say, you know, my mom was a single mom. So for all those single moms out there, like, you kind of get it where you have to work on the holidays because you're making extra money. Like, nobody can turn down time and a half We're when you're barely making it, you know. So 
you know, my mom was like, okay, well, what am I doing all this for? I, I need to like have something with my kids I do. So um, we thought it was awesome because we got to, you know, be up super late and all that kind of stuff. So my mom worked like afternoon shift, you know, which was like three to 11 or something. So typically we would be all asleep by the time she would get home. And mm -hmm. how much of a bummer is that when yeah. you're working your butt off for your family and then when you get home, the house is quiet. So she'd just wake us up, get us in the car, and we would go driving around in the nighttime looking at everybody's lights. And we just thought we were coolest bees, bees knees, you know, because we just, we're little kids staying up all late, so. Can we examine that for a second? What? I've never, I don't believe bees have knees. Oh, I don't think so either. I don't even know where that comes from. That's kind of like roosters in the desert. I don't think bees, I've never seen a, a bee. Oh, there's definitely live. roosters in the desert. I mean, if they said roosters in Hawaii or Key West, I can, I've seen them, but I mean, the, the chickens are a real thing in Hawaii. Like, I've never Apparently, seen so many chickens even on a farm. <laughs> Key West is the same way. There's chickens everywhere. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apparently, the more tropical and beautiful you get, the more chickens are attracted there. Chickens are like bums. They just, they go yeah. to where it's warm. Yes. <laughs> they just go to where it's warm. <laughs> oh. Do you want to tell chickens that story the about the time I was putting away my coffee? Put away your coffee. Oh, when you oh you try to throw a coffee away in Hawaii at a coffee shop, and there was a rooster in the trash can that apparently did not appreciate you dumping uh, the leftover coffee on its head, and it jumped out at you and pretty and much screamed. scared. I mean, you already had the coffee, which is kind of a laxative, and you like almost crapped yourself because you scared. <laughs> I did not. I just screamed really loud, and then everybody in the line for the coffee was like laughing at me like because it was really funny it was well, kind of comical you were assaulted by i truly was i was truly assaulted you were by assailed a by a, a, a by a cock so let me explain a little bit fully I just explain. Uh, ladies and gentlemen there was the the trash can was kind of one of those like where you can only fit like i don't know if you've had these like trash cans where you can only fit like a can it's like a little an aluminum yeah. yeah aluminum can like the recycle it. cans right so it's only that in there so never didn't in a million years would I have thought that there was like a chicken in there because you couldn't see what's in there, you know. So I'm just politely not littering and putting away my, you know, my empty to-go coffee cup. Mm -hmm. And out flies a chicken literally up at my head. And I'm screaming and chicken flying everywhere. And it was really funny. It, w it looked like a setup, like a comedy setup. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was real. And uh, <laughs> and this was like... It there was, was nothing I could do but laugh at myself at the same time as everybody else laughing at me. It's funny, too, because we found... <laughs> like, we looked up a coffee shop that was off the beaten path. Like, we found one down in, like... Um, oh, yeah, it was a neighborhood like place. Like, we found one that was actually, like, on the strip that we liked. But in, well, there's not really a strip in Kauai. It's kind of... It's very back country. But, but we found one that was, like... That was in a in, shopping in town, center. In a shopping center. Area. But then we also... This place we like looked up as like a local spot. Yeah. So it was like there was lots like of like, nature around, which was pretty awesome. And like, yeah. like if you go to the woods, like in Florida, it's just a lot of like uh, palmetto bush and dead things, and it, it's beautiful in its own way. But if you go into like, you go off like anywhere you go in Kauai, is just beautiful. Was very like, every, beautiful. Like even the even like even the regular nature grows in a way that looks like it's it's curated. Like it just looks beautiful trees had flowers on them like full-grown trees it was amazing so um 
I don't know, babe. For me, uh, I don't know. Thanks for asking. But for me, it was a. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Oh, I'm sorry. Was I being rude? I think for me it was just being like as, as an adult, I when I came to to Nashville, I realized that how much I missed like seasons. And growing up in Florida, I like I liked it for you a while. You would think you would get more seasons here than you would from Florida. No, that's what I'm saying. When I when I moved here, I realized I missed the seasons cuz I had them again. Oh. So but you didn't explain that you Okay, oh, so from New I York to so, Florida. so when okay, I was a little I kid, I grew up in I was born in New York State, moved to Florida, then came to Nashville as an adult. There you so, go. So, I but I really claim like I feel like I'm from Florida because I like that's where my that's where my teenage years were. That's why I, I relate my my personality relates to yeah. more, more. So, um, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so after a while though, after liking um it getting cold again and holidays things like that i realized that i do miss the tropical christmas i miss the lights in the palm trees i miss my parents putting the uh christmas tree out on the pool deck and the lanai and like having christmas out on the by the pool i miss that stuff i miss it not being freezing and you know you can still do stuff um i remember the first year we moved to florida i got a bike and i was like able to ride my bike on christmas day um that being said, I will say probably my best childhood Christmas memories did have to do with being in New York and getting to, like, wake up and see a snowfall that was, like, unblemished by footsteps or anything like that. Just a plain snowfall. Oh, yeah, with the crystal. Mm-hmm. The, like, uh, my mom putting Christmas glittery snow. My mom putting lights up in my windows and then letting letting them stay on while I went to sleep so I like fell asleep by the multicolored glow of the Christmas lights mm-hmm. uh, Christmas morning as a little kid waking up and getting like G.I. Joe's and WWF wrestlers and stuff like that <laughs> um, and I say WWF because that's what it was back then none of this WWE bullshit <laughs> um, but yeah like um, was it World Wrestling Federation mm-hmm. yeah yep. and then uh, there was a whole phase my mom and dad would always, um, you know, act surprised, even though they knew <laughs> everything. Oh, my God, come see. So uh, I know I woke my dad up plenty of times at 6 in the morning. He was probably he was probably up Just till went to bed. 3 in the morning that before, probably drinking some whiskey, setting up Christmas decorations all night, you know, setting toys up, putting toys together. Um, putting the batteries and everything. Yep. But then uh, but they would still wake up and with us on christmas morning like not like everything was cool and then uh we didn't well, really pay for that shit they were we gonna didn't wake really up. do the christmas <laughs> breakfast thing but but by they would have coffee and we'd sit and like you know we'd put um and then we'd always have christmas music on while we were had our christmas lunch or dinner like we, my dad would always put on the the, the stereo the hi-fi you know and nice and uh you know tune in this is back when we had stereo units in your house in the 80s and he, we'd put on the local christmas channel and just play radio christmas music and it was always it was always like the classic jazz stuff mm-hmm. um bing crosby frank sinatra all that stuff perry cuomo whatever mm-hmm. and um yeah it was awesome so i think my favorite christmas memories are just being a little kid because i miss being a little kid <laughs> <laughs> i could see that so all right honey well thank you for coming on and dealing with um my shenanigans uh so I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. 
make sure that you always party responsibly. Uh, you can follow Pod Tiki on uh, at Pod Tiki. Actually, at Pod underscore Tiki on Instagram. That's where I post all of my stuff. You can follow my personal page at, po- at Rum underscore Poet. Um, and while you're following, if you're into music and you like good music and you like sexy ladies talking about and, and, and singing music, you can always follow uh, at Faith Kelly Music, which is my wife's uh, music page. She posts all her stuff about what's coming up and doing. If you're in the Nashville area, make sure to check out the Tin Roof Cats, which are playing um, all kinds of shows all over the place. They are a... Our next one is January 6th. January 6th, and that's going to be up at... uh, Liquid Smoke Smoke in in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. And, you know, I hate... It's a place to have a cigar at the same time. Have a cigar, have a beer. And I don't even like saying you guys are a Grateful Dead cover band because you play other music besides that, but it's based in, like, a bed of Grateful Dead. No, we're we're pretty much a dead band. Yeah, Yeah, but you guys are so much better than just that, though. Like, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know. We're working on originals. That's the... But the you do coming, other the, you, the next you do coming up you thing. do other covers besides Grateful Dead. You mix in like you know melon, uh, you know like what? we only do maybe one, maybe two that are that is not dead. Otherwise, we do a solid couple of hours of Grateful Dead. I think you guys do a good job of doing the songs and adding a little bit of jam in there, but not too much because I one of the things I don't oh, you like you got a jam. It's a jam yeah, band. you have to jam in a jam band thing, but also you lose people's attention if you go on for a nineteen minute jam session like. We try and make sure y'all are coming with us on yeah. the trip. <laughs> so um, it's as Tin Roof Cats. I don't know. Can you guys? Are, are you guys online anywhere? Where's yes. On you? There's a Facebook, Instagram page. You can jump on it from my page. Okay. So Tin at Roof Faith Cats. Kelly Music. T i n r o o f Cats. Tin Roof Cats. Um, and then yeah, you you can always find episodes of Pod Tiki across. Um, of course, always at the website, podtiki.com. Spotify is probably the best place, but there's also Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. If you want any recipes, of course, you can go to the website and check out the recipe index where we always have all the recipes we talked about. Um, in fact, I'll shoot a link up in this episode to the original George Washington eggnog episode. I urge you guys to go check that out. Um, and it's not that hard to make. Like it might, it, like you think, oh, homemade eggnog. Like I'll crack an eggs open and like put all this. It's it, look. If the hardest thing is procuring the alcohols because it takes four four alcohols, which can get kind of pricey. But it makes a big yield and it'll last you all season. And it's worth it because it's so much better than that store bought crap. It's just so much better. Um, in fact, I'm gonna go have another glass right now. So, thank you guys for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, I can see it's time to go because Stella the dog, which you guys know from YouTube, if you watch my YouTube channel, is now fully passed out in Faith's arms. <laughs> so, <laughs> she looks like she's had a little bit of eggnog tonight. Aww. So uh, Merry Christmas, y'all. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you guys, um, probably see you guys next year. In the new year. In the new year. 2023. I can't believe it's 2023 already. Don't you remember when that seemed so bizarre? I remember being... Everything seems to have, like, changed after 2020. Because, yeah. like, it just... All right, guys. But we're not going to bring it down. We're going to bring it up for the holiday season. We love Absolutely. you guys. Thank you so much for all your all the new listeners. I mean, I can't believe that we've had such a great following. Please continue to comment and, and subscribe. Um, I notice it. I don't say thank you enough. 
but I notice all the numbers growing, and I please tell, but they can still grow more. They can still grow more if you're into what I'm doing. And, and, and I tell you what. Thank if you, you, thank you, thank you, and tell your friends. Thank you, thank you, and tell your friends. And if you have ideas for what you want to make it better, let me know. I am here working for you. I want to, I want this to turn into a, a community. And I'd also like to make a little scuttle on the side, you know, a little, little scratch. So uh, I want to know what you guys like so that you subscribe, and then I can get some advertisers. And I promise you that I'm never going to be over the top with advertising. This is not my main source of income. I'm not trying to get rich off this. I just want to make enough money back to, um, you know, support what it takes to put the show on in the future. So I promise you I'm never going to inundate you with ads throughout the whole show. Um, but... If you would like to sponsor the show, and um, I'm not going to go ahead and give all the numbers out right now, but we are sponsor-worthy. We have a pretty big following. Um, so if you're interested in sponsoring the show, uh, if you're a local rum brand or maybe a, uh, maybe you make some tiki artwork, things like that, I can tell you that we have uh, a wide uh, uh, and a, a wide, a vast listenership across the nation. Um, so... Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I can't believe it. And I, I'm probably, I'll probably do a New Year post, but just at this Christmas time, I'm so excited and so happy that um, that you guys are liking what we're doing here, and I really appreciate it so much. And I also want to give a big thank you to my wife, the lovely Faith Kelly, because she does not like getting on the mic and me forcing her to do stuff, but she did it for me tonight. I love microphones. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's, I can see why you would not want to spend time doing this when you have a puppy in your arms that, <laughs> need, that needs your attention. She is distracting me. She has her, like, one With leg out. Cuteness. Like, she's, like, you know how, like, when you get hot at night and you put your one leg out? Like, <laughs> yeah. She has, like, one leg exactly out. exactly it. So, it's all right, guys. Well, we're at an hour and 20, and I can't believe you guys listened this far. So if you made it this far, thank you even more. Um, love you all. Peace and love, and um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate, celebrate responsibly. And I, I want to see all you guys back in the new year for um, an exciting new year of Pod Tiki. So. Keep it Tiki. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.